0: Learn more at Marines.com.
1: It's Tuesday, March 23rd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the Indians uh, yesterday... Uh, Tristan McKenzie kind of scuffled a little bit, uh, give up three, two run homers and a six, three loss to the Brewers at Goodyear ballpark. Uh, he was frustrated with himself afterwards and really how worried should we be if Tristan McKenzie is going to open the season as the number four starter, uh, about the way the ball's flying out of the park against him?
0: Yeah. You know, I, th- I think we've got to look at it this, uh, a couple of different ways, Joe, The big thing, you know, in talking to Francona yesterday after the game, he was more concerned about the walks. Now he walked a guy. He pitched four and two thirds innings, and he walked at least one. He walked one guy in in the first four innings, one you know one per inning, and he has walked ten guys in fourteen and a third innings out here. So I mean, the ball flies here. You know, the home runs. I think you got to take them with a you know grain of salt. But the walks and and the lack of control. You know, that's a concern and, uh, you know, you just can't do that in the big leagues and stay in a rotation.
1: Right. Well, at least one of the home runs that, that left the yard to, to right field that uh, I saw yesterday, you know, didn't look like it was necessarily hit all that hard. Still might get out at progressive field. Who knows? But, uh, you know, for a young guy who hasn't pitched competitively uh, consistently for, uh, you know, a, quite a stretch there when he was dealing with injuries, and let you talk about the command. The command's got to be the first thing that you get down, right? I mean, that's being able to hit your spots and not walk guys when you can't afford to walk guys is, is the, the difference maker between, you know, being in AAA, you know, being that 4A pitcher or being a, you know, a, a major league, uh, you know, serviceable starter.
0: Yeah, I think. And, and you see, uh, you know, I think Tristan, this, you know, we've got to remember that this is his first big league camp. You know, first full big league camp uh, last year got canceled uh, March 12th because of the virus. Um, he's working through it. I think, uh, and like you said, Joe, he hadn't pitched in about a year and a half before last year because of the injuries. You know, the thing that I find interesting, he's always talking about getting on the same page as Roberto Perez. And mm-hmm. I, if you watch him, he shakes Perez off. It's like, you know, Trevor Bauer too, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it, and it's, it, so, so I'm wondering if, if there's, you know, you know, uh, you know uh, Perez has just got to bring this guy along, you know, one step at a time here. But, you know, it seems like Tristan has one idea and uh, Perez has another idea. And I think they've got to – it just seems like they've got to get together and, and meet in the middle here. I,
1: I wonder if he needs a game like one of those Trevor Bauer no-shake games where he used to have against uh, – or with, with Perez catching, you know, where he just says – I'm not going to shake him at all. I'm going to throw what you what you call, and, and we're going to move, and we're going to go. And just maybe that could, could get him in a rhythm or something like that. Who knows? Uh, could be interesting to see. Uh, over-under, you, you know, not over-under. I'm not going to do over-under. I don't see Tristan McKenzie making 30 starts for the Indians this year. I don't see him staying in the rotation for the entire season, whether that's by design or by – you know, by performance or whatever. I, I can't see him making the club out of spring training and staying all the way through the season. At some point, they're either going to need to give him a rest or they're just going to need to back off of him and and have him work on stuff.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I think you're right. I don't think they anticipate him from making 30 starts. Uh, You know, Tito has said, you know, we're going to let these guys go. We're going to, you know, as long as they're strong and, and, you know, their stuff looks good and we don't think we're putting them in a, uh, you know, a, a dangerous spot. Uh, we'll, we'll let them keep pitching. But I think if you're, you know, these guys are pretty smart. You know, the front office is smart. Uh, the pitching coaches are, you know, know what's going on. They know, you know, Tristan's track record. They know he hasn't pitched much in the last two or three years. So, I, you know, unless he really gets into a good groove and and doesn't, you know, isn't really you know, his delivery stays in zinc, I, you know, I would think they're going to be very, very careful with him. And they can, you know, they can do that. They can skip starts here and there. They've got, you know, they can bring a guy out of the bullpen. They can have a bullpen game. They can do a lot of stuff.
1: Right. You've got Adam Plutko, who's who can give you, you know, three, four innings if you need a, an emergency spot start or, uh, you know, Cal Quantrill, if, if he doesn't make the roster on opening day is, is going to be sitting there. Uh, getting better at the alternate site if, if he can and, you know, hopefully can contribute somewhere uh, down the line as well. Uh, so it's just nice to have options is, is, is I, gu- I guess what I'm saying. Uh, having options is uh, going to be a theme for, for Tito, at least in the bullpen uh, as the Indians start out. Uh, he was asked today about the idea of a closer by committee. And because he hasn't really talked to the guys involved, the guys involved being, Emmanuel Class A, James Karinchak, Nick Wicker, and those type guys. Uh, he hasn't, he wasn't, he was really reluctant to come out and say, yeah, we're going to be a closer by committee. But he, he all but said it to to the reporters who were asking him today uh, that that will be the case. I, I think, uh, and it really looks like a guy like a Nick Wickering could get the first crack at, at closing
0: the door. Yeah. You know, it's going to be interesting, Joe. I mean, you know, since Brad Hand left, they, they don't have a, you know, you know slam the door closer. Uh, you know, Karinczyk and, and Class A certainly have the stuff to close. But uh, we don't know if they have the temperament or, uh, you know, can we know they have the pitches, the temperament and, uh, you know, the pressure of the ninth inning is something else. Uh, so we're going to have to see that. And, you know, the, we're going to have to see and mostly if, if you look at, you know, I think, um, you know, uh, Tito's over the course of his stay in Cleveland, he usually gives you, you know, he takes that first month of April kind of to, to let the bullpen shake out and find roles. You, you know, the, you know, the big difference is you, you always had a closer, you know, he, uh, you know, kind of a established closer and he doesn't have that right now. And uh, it's going to be, <laughs> I think it's going to be fun to watch how it, how it shakes out, but it's always also going to be distressing a, a little.
1: Yeah, you better be growing your fingernails out long right now because you're going to be chewing them off by the uh, middle of April if uh, if we're we're seeing James Karinjack, uh run out there and, and walk three and strike out three in the ninth inning, uh, as can be the uh, the case there. Uh, again, so far Class A has looked every bit the part of of the reason why they traded Corey Kluber for him. So, uh, you know you you. you you never know; he might surprise a lot of people and just start closing games. You know, regardless, I, it, you also have to factor in Brian Shaw. He's he's going to be used in some capacity at some point, uh, seventh, eighth, ninth inning uh, by by Terry Francona. Uh, how how much he's uh, he works is going to depend on the three batter rule, I guess, but uh, should be also interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, he said uh, Shaw the other day was talking uh, on a zoom call and said his mindset no matter where he went this you know this spring who, whoever he signed with like a you know non non guaranteed or guaranteed contract, he was going to camp with the idea of becoming taking taking over the closer's role of that team so uh you know that's and he's pitched like that too, so you know i don't i' I don't think uh Shaw's closed much in his career. But he's another option, you know, another late inning guy. And he's throwing 96, 97 miles an hour. Um, But I, I just want them, Joe, they need to settle. You know, I mean, okay, you give them an April, but, you know, and let it shake out. But you can't be, to me, if you have a closer by committee in June, you're in trouble. I mean, I, I, you, you've got to have at least one guy back there that's going to be your go-to guy ninety percent of the
1: time. What what's what's the old saying? If you if you've got three closers, then you don't have any. Or, or you <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that's that that really is the case. You, you have to be the one guy. That it, it's a mental thing for the team as well. I mean, for the for the your offense is going to be is going to play better if they know there's not that much much pressure. They don't have to you know, be pressing in the late innings to, to try and score runs because, you know, they need an extra one or two because who knows what you're going to get in the ninth inning. Uh, We've seen this team when the bullpen has struggled and it's, it's not good because there's, there's so many chances to win that, that uh, you know, can slip away. Uh, Yeah. I guess you just have to have faith in in Tito's uh, ability to, to sort of discern what the, the, he has been pretty good at that. He's—he's he's been yeah. able to put together some pretty good bullpens over the years. So but there is
0: nothing worse than having a bad closer for a team, and nothing <laughs> takes the heart out of a team. You know, that plays hard for eight innings, gets a lead, and then it goes uh, kapui in the in the ninth inning. It's—it uh, is not—it's not a good thing. I've seen it happen, and it. Uh, so I think you know, the sooner they they name a guy, the better off they'll be.
1: Well, I'm going to save that audio clip of Hoinsie going Kapui that'll, that'll, <laughs> that'll, uh, that'll get played later on in the season. The Talkin' Tribe opening day virtual event will take place April 5th at noon, featuring Indians reporters and columnists from Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer. Tickets can be reserved online at Cleveland.com. This year, you can enter to win entry to our VIP experience, and get the opportunity to mingle with former Cleveland Indians players. Only 150 tickets are available for the exclusive experience and can be won through our sweepstakes. Register now to win at cleveland.com slash try. Be sure to join Paul Hoynes, Terry Pluto, Joe Noga, and Doug LaMaurice as we get you ready for the home opener at Progressive Field and the rest of the Indians' 2021 season. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtextcom slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on Cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name. To that day's lineup and it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up?
0: Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present uh, your subtext and I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He, even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore. Indian fans. So thanks
1: again, <laughs> Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtextcom subtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. Uh, Eddie Rosario. Uh, Tito was asked about Eddie Rosario and, uh, you know, his sort of slow start to spring is he sort of starting to come around and Tito said, and the the, the last couple of games, the last couple of at bats, you've seen him sort of starting to lock in and focus a little more because he knows the season's coming and he's got to be ready.
0: Yeah. You know, Tito has never been through a spring training with this guy. I, I mean, none of the Cleveland reporters have either. So we really don't know what, you know, how he would approach it. And, uh, you know, <laughs> he has approached it like a, a veteran, like a like a 10 year veteran, just trying to get in shape. And I don't think he's, not, he's, he doesn't have that much mileage on him, but, you know, Tito seems satisfied that he's he's going to be ready by spring, you know, by the end of camp, he's going to play close to every day and uh, be hit in the middle of the lineup. So, uh, and he certainly has a track record with the twins to back that up. but. Uh, You know, spring training is different for different people. You know, if he was on the bubble, I I think we'd be be seeing a a different Eddie Rosario.
1: Yeah, uh, Tito's comment was he said that he hopes Eddie uh, plays in almost every game this year and hits right in the middle of the order. And I guess that leads into uh, another thing he was asked about. He was asked about the lineup, I guess. Uh, And for the first time uh, today, I I think I got a real, uh, I I got maybe a little bit of a sense uh, on the the first base situation with Jake Bowers, because not, when Tito was asked about the lineup, he said, "Hey, you know, if I start talking about the lineup now, that's going to, you know, give an indication as to where we might be leaning in terms of the ball club, in terms of the roster makeup." And he didn't want to do that right now. Obviously, he doesn't want to do that without talking to guys first. But you know, there, there's no reason on March 23rd to be, you know, tipping your hand as to what you're going to do it, with your roster but how that relates to Bowers is he was asked earlier about Bowers and he sort of sounded the same way. Uh, and that, that, that leads me to believe they, they might be heading towards a difficult conversation with Jake Bowers.
0: Yeah, I, I, I picked up on that too. So, uh, and, you know, from the outside looking in Joe, it looks like, you know, no contest, but, uh, you know, they always look at things differently, the, the, the organization. So, but uh, you know, uh, Bobby Bradley's DH and today Bowers is, is, is playing first base so you know they're kind of going head to head but i, I think, think they're hitting three four in the lineup today yeah so i think you know but i think a decision may have been made on on this situation yeah i'm so just that, i don't want to i don't want to go on the limb because no, I've no. it got it cut off <laughs> cut off
1: so uh we'll see what happens so what you're saying is if bowers is on the roster you'll go you'll go jump in the lake is that is that accurate <laughs> yeah. no Uh, no, but just from the way that he answered questions about Bowers and, and talking about how, you know, he's only got maybe 30 at bats or 30 plate appearances right now, and and really didn't give any highlights about, you know, what he liked about what Bowers was doing, even though he was pressed to sort of do that. Uh, it, it really looks like, uh, Jake Bowers is going to be the odd man out here, uh, you know, relatively soon. Uh, you know, and that's. That gives you an opportunity to talk about Bobby Bradley, though. Bobby Bradley has had the, the,
0: the kind of camp that he needed to have in order to win a spot on this team. Yeah, he's come in and, and you know, basically, like Teo says, he's kicked the door down. You know, he's made a couple of mistakes on the bases, a couple of errors. But, uh, you know, he's he's he came in, you know, in, in great shape. He lost weight. He swung the bat. Well, he's showed power. He's, you know, he's, he's gone the other way. You know, he's, he's not, he showed, he's not all pull crazy. You know, he can go to the the opposite field. Uh, He's done just about everything they've wanted him to do. So we'll see how this works out.
1: Yeah. When he was talking about the lineup, you know, Tito mentioned, uh, you're going to see guys in the lineups in spring training where he's trying to put guys up higher uh, when they want to get a third at bat in a game before you get them out early before they, you know, so they don't have to play in the field for an extra inning. So they have to, so they can get an extra at bat. Uh, so you, you would see something like Roberto Perez batting second in the lineup, but, but obviously that's never going to happen. But Eddie Rosario was, has been in that number two spot that we had been, you know, thinking about and, and debating and talking about for, for such a, a long time earlier uh, in, in camp. And, when we were talking about whether or not Oscar Mercado would step up and, and sort of yeah. take the reins on that, obviously that's not going to happen. And putting Rosario in that two-hole now gives you a switch hitter, a lefty, a switch hitter, and then a righty in Framil Reyes behind that uh, lefty in, in uh, Josh Naylor and right field, and and then you go you know left right left whatever you need to do uh, the rest of the way out. Um, it's it's looking like the lineup's sort of coming together. If, if if Rosario has claimed that number two spot,
0: yeah, that's interesting, Joe. I, I didn't I didn't pick up on that. I, would he really hit Rosario that high in the lineup? Would it... I
1: I think he might. He, he said when we asked him about uh, and he made, he made the comments about you know Mercado without saying Mercado. You know, we had a player who we wanted to step up and take that spot, and you know, we're waiting to see if he does. And he said, if he doesn't do that, then we'll just compress the whole thing. He said, we'll just move everybody up a spot. Well, he's not going to move Ramirez out of the the three spot. He's going to leave Ramirez in the three spot. So the only other logical choice there would be Rosario because, and and Rosario's ability to hit pitches, you know, anywhere in the strike zone, I think helps. I just don't know if he'll, if he has a a high enough contact rate to be a second hitter, uh, you know, a number two hitter. In the order.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, he, he's got some swing and miss in his uh, swing for sure. Um, yeah, I uh, that's interesting. And I mean, you know, I didn't think they'd hit four switch hitters at the top of the lineup last year. And that's just what they did. So maybe they're trying to get as much bang for their buck at the top of the lineup as they can, you know, and uh, because they know they're the, the, the bottom of the lineup. I mean, it's kind of a yeah, it's a little
1: bit thin. It's a little bit thin at this point. I, I would agree with that, but uh, you know, it also bodes well for a guy like uh, a Bradley Zimmer batting ninth as uh, something, you know, he's, he can give you a, maybe a little bit of pop. He can also run. Uh, and if he's on base in, in the ninth spot, you know, you got somebody who can run with Cesar Hernandez coming back around to the top.
0: Yeah. And what do you do with him in I guess you're not going to hit him number two,
1: right? No, I think, I think you bat uh Jimenez at some point if that's your lineup if, if those are your starters with Zimmer and center uh and Naylor and right, um I think you know and you've got to find a place for Bradley as well yeah um so you've got a lot of left-handed bats in that lineup uh you know Ahmed Rosario is going to have to play somewhere against the right. righty so who knows uh but I think Jimenez probably eight or nine you know seven eight nine somewhere in there right very interesting. Uh, but we do know it, he was asked. Tito was asked about Cesar Hernandez at the top of the order. He's like he, his answer was pretty, pretty blunt and pretty straightforward. He says Cesar Hernandez is a, is a legitimate hitter. You can hit him anywhere you want. He's just a good hitter, and and that's all Tito had to say about that. I mean,
0: short and sweet. Yeah, I don't think There's he's no going to hit either. him anywhere else but leadoff, is he? No. I mean, they don't have another leadoff. I mean, I guess you anybody can hit leadoff, but it seems like. Hernandez is kind of the ideal guy. He sure did a good job there last year.
1: All right. Well, if you've got the American League, the the, the American League leader in doubles, I, I think you 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 put him out there. You hope he gets on second base, and they can move him around. All right. Uh, today, the Indians have a B squad game in where is it? Glendale, uh, Glendale, Glendale, in Glendale against the Dodgers. Sam Henches versus David Price. Uh, they're going to go what six, seven innings, something like that. Uh, Jordan Luplo, Josh Naylor, and Ahmed Rosario will be in the lineup in the B game. Uh, meanwhile, at uh, Goodyear Ballpark, the Indians are going to run Zach Plesac out there. Uh, ben Gamel, Harold Ramirez will be in the outfield. Like we said, Jake Bowers and Bobby Bradley uh, batting uh, three, four, and Yu Chang back in the lineup as
0: well. Yeah, that's it's going to be uh, it's it's like uh, you know you know this is like. The last, You know, I think uh, when they have they're trying to play as many guys as they can, in as, you know, as, in as short a time span as they can to get a read on these guys before the cuts are coming. You know, this is like, you know, the the other the other shoe is going to drop either, you know, uh, Wednesday, Thursday or Friday. It's uh, so but they want to give these guys one more shot, I think, or take one more look. You know, yeah, so this, could, this could be Custer's last
1: stand for a bunch of these guys, I think, uh, uh, coming up either today or tomorrow. Uh, we might be, we might be looking at some, some roster news. All right, Heinze uh, continue great work out there in the desert and we get closer to opening day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on the Cleveland baseball talk podcast.